0: Hello, our beautiful, blooming butterfly listeners, whom we cherish and adore. Before we get started, we have a few brief updates to the podcast that we would like to share with you.
1: Yeah, and this isn't about the Ask Us Anything episode, so please don't skip forward. Just want to put that out there because some people hear higher listeners and then they start skipping. Um, don't worry, that is coming soon, though.
0: I have an announcement for everybody. After we finish recording book three and all of our bonus episodes for this season of the podcast, I will be leaving as a host due to some new opportunities that have come up here in my life that I decided I'm going to go try and check those out a little bit, Uh, open some doors maybe, Uh, maybe I'll close some doors, Um, maybe I'll reopen some doors, you know, put some oil on the hinges, make the doors better. This is one door that I'm closing, though. So <laughs> I um, I close it with genuine sincerity and um, not, and I don't close it lightly because I absolutely love being a co-host to this podcast with one of my bestest bestest friends ever, Tyler Strandberg. <laughs> who, thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. Um, however, dear listeners, I must fly. I must leave you, as my grandfather once said. Fly, you fools! Jeez. And a fool I am. I shall lie.
1: Hand off. Okay. He's
0: you my know, grandpa. A
1: little birdie's got to leave the nest, and that's okay. Um, as most of you will know, if you are list, if you didn't just pick up in the middle of this podcast, which um, I encouraged a lot of people to pick up <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> So if you didn't do that, you know that our last host left on very sudden and unique circumstances, Um, and we were really strained to try to pick, pick up a new host and find someone to replace our old one, and... Um Serena was one of the only people who came to my mind and I asked her and it was a lot to take on you know I was asking a pretty big favor of you and I couldn't be more grateful that you did this it's it's a little bit sad you know yeah. I I like recording with you me you know too. so I could not be more grateful to Serena for doing this with me it is I love recording with you every single week and I am so excited for what other things you have going for you and I'm, I'm very happy that I got to have this experience with you. So this is an end that was coming and an end that makes me still feel sad, but an end that was going to happen at some point.
0: Remember the thing I said about doors? They go both ways usually.
1: Wow. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I'm a Kinsey Six. <laughs> I can't believe you even went there again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had
0: <laughs> You're to. You're just go. on fire. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was just... Anyway. Woo. Woo!
1: No, okay. With, you know, sad news, and there's also some good news, um, you know, sometimes you got to take one step back to take um, one to three steps forward. <laughs> And on that note, we are looking for anywhere from one to three new hosts for the future of this podcast. If you are interested, we would love to hear from you. We have an application in the show notes of this episode, and we'll be reaching out to applicants very, very soon. And we absolutely cannot wait to hear from you. Hey, Serena. Yeah, Tyler. Girly, I have this great opportunity for you. Um. <laughs> Okay. How have you been? It's been such a long time since we've talked.
0: It's, it's been like a few days, but I mean, I'm pretty good. What
1: if I told you that you could be your own CEO? What? What? It sounds crazy, but it's not. You can escape prison all on your own, and you def don't need the help of anybody else because you'll be a total hashtag girl boss.
0: Why would you think I'd be in prison? Just think about it, girly.
1: We modern feminists need to stick together and empower each other. We should def not be fighting. XOXO, Gossip Girl.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm Serena (laughs) Schreifel.
1: And I'm Tyler Strandberg. And you're listening to the Avatar Podcast.
0: Yep, 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 yep. On this podcast, we watch the Nickelodeon show Avatar: The Last Airbender and analyze the plot, themes, and characters. At
1: the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was as well as give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10.
0: You're listening to the Avatar podcast. Yep, yep. Yippity doo-da, yippity-yay. My oh my, it's an Avatar day. Today, we'll be talking about the 15th episode of Book 3 titled The Boiling Rock Part 2. Um,
1: I think this is a sequel to the Boiling Rock Part One.
0: Why would you say that?
1: I don't know. Something about the Part Two and the Part One kind of implies that like they're connected to each other. Maybe I I'm just know. like reading I don't into know. things wrong. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm
0: not sure where you're where you're yeah, pulling that I, from. Yeah,
1: I, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> Ignore me. Seems I, I'm like just, you're grasping at straws. Yeah, stress. honestly. <laughs> Saka, Zuko, Suki, and Sang devise a new plan for escaping the prison, involving Hakoda in their plans. They escape by creating a prison riot and kidnapping the warden. However, problems for the four arise when Azula, Mei, and Ty Lee visit the prison. As the plan teeters on the verge of failure, Mei helps Zuko and the others escape. Azula attacks Mei for her betrayal, but Ty Lee intervenes. Azula has them both imprisoned. The group returns to the Western Air Temple, and Hakoda is reunited with Katara.
0: This episode premiered on Nickelodeon on July 16th, 2008 and was written by joshua hamilton
1: okay serena i don't remember if it was last time or the time before that that you said we always say let's dive into things to know it was
0: definitely last time so
1: i'm gonna say (laughs) let's um let's cannonball into things to know
0: you really want to cannonball into it No. (laughs) I'm Um, sorry. That wasn't like, uh, that wasn't meant to be like a judgmental.
1: No, it's okay. You're right. That was stupid.
0: (laughs) No, Um, I thought it was cute. I thought it was cute. I was just like, it it feels like I would cannonball, right? (laughs) Cannonballing doesn't seem to be your style. Um,
1: What what about like, how about let's, let's uh, zip on over to things to
0: know. Okay, this yeah, more. I keep yeah. There we zipping. go.
1: All right. So to commemorate the free one month subscription of Paramount Plus, which included streaming of Avatar: The Last Airbender episodes, the Boiling Rock parts one and two were live streamed in the official Avatar: The Last Airbender YouTube channel on March fourth, twenty twenty one, and ran for three days. Which, like we talked about that last time, you know. But it's it's part two of the episode, so I thought I'd bring it up again.
0: So this is the only episode with no credit for D. Bradley Baker, aka. Momo and Appa and other background voices.
1: Right. But yeah, when Appa and Momo aren't in other episodes, he usually does background voices. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like Zuko alone.
0: Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dee.
1: Sorry, Dee. You missed out on one. <laughs> this is the first and only episode where only one type of bending is featured, namely bending. The other bending arts appear only in the opening credits.
0: Okay, so I thought this one was really funny. Um, Chit Sang makes no mention of his girlfriend and best friend during the second escape attempt, despite insisting on bringing them along beforehand. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> I mean, he could like, have easily brought them along yeah. with, like, he could have found them, like, in the prison riot or some shit, but no.
0: The he, gondola's big enough. Just straight
1: up, like, just left without he them. He just
0: did not one mention. He's like, this is my girl, my best friend. Let's go. Maybe, maybe they weren't into it this time.
1: I think he just didn't care enough. <laughs> It was like kind of last minute, so he was like, "Mm, well, no time to worry about them.
0: That's true. That's true. I I don't care about anyone else, so I relate.
1: Me too. I I do (laughs) not have any compassion for other human beings.
0: No, No, I lack what is known as empathy.
1: Okay, Zuko (laughs) incorporates moves from the Dancing Dragon to block many fire blasts, including ones from Azula, showing that the Dancing Dragon is not just a novice firebending move, but a very powerful form that can be used for defense and attack.
0: The choreography is Absolutely incredible! Mm-hmm. Oh god, when they're fighting, ah, oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so cute how they learned that little dance with each other. <laughs> mm, so
0: cute, how they learned to dance. <laughs> This is one of the only episodes in which Tai Lee is shown fighting, but is unsuccessful at chi blocking her opponents due to the latter evading her attacks. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, Tai Lee losing some some of your spark. She's What's going on?
1: Or are the other fighters just getting more experienced? Uh,
0: I like that fighting better. Against her?
1: All right, so we're moving on to themes now, and of course, we're bringing up prison abuse again. So while the theme of abuse against prisoners in this episode isn't exactly at the forefront of the episode like it was the last one, there's still many instances where this occurs, and it's worth talking about.
0: Mm -hmm. In the previous episode, we see when Zuko is revealed and held as prisoner, the warden says he's going to use him to his advantage.
2: Quiet! You're my special prisoner now, and you best behave... If these criminals found out who you are, the traitor prince who let his nation down, why, they dare you to shreds. So what's in it for you? Why don't you just tell my father and collect a reward? Oh, in due time, believe me, I intend to collect.
0: When the warden is refusing to just turn Zuko in, he implies that he will be using Zuko for his own personal benefits, implying, getting that the warden can do whatever he wants with Zuko, whatever that might entail.
1: Right before this interaction, we learn that the warden is Mei's uncle, which he also uses to his benefit in this episode.
0: I didn't do anything wrong.
2: Come on, Zuko. We all know that's a lie. Mei. How did you know I was here? Because I know you so well. But... Help. The warden's my uncle, you idiot.
1: The warden used his specific position of power to allow his niece and Zuko's ex, May, visit him and further intimidate him and harass him.
0: Again, before this interaction, there's a brief moment where Sokka is trying to have a word with Zuko, but is caught by the guards and needs to find a distraction to get information to him. Could I just get ten more seconds to rough him up a bit? Fine, ten seconds.
1: Take that! And this... Newbie.
0: While this is played as a comedic moment in the episode, it tells us that it's common for the guards to abuse the prisoners at their own whims. And the other guards openly allow it to happen even laughing about it
1: finally when the warden is trying to get information out of chitsang we see him walk in after his initial interaction to chitsang being held upside down and I'm not technically sure if this is classified like as torture but like it's certainly abuse against prisoners and
0: mm-hmm. putting
1: them in incredibly uncomfortable and potentially harmful situations to try like get information out of him like that's uh, yeah. kind of problematic
0: I would I would agree that that's um classified as torture
1: <laughs> I just don't know if it's like Under like the Geneva Convention or whatever Uh, for what torture is, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it's a pretty abusive tactic.
0: (laughs) I would agree. I would agree. Ooh, now my favorite, absolute favorite theme in this episode is control through fear. Is that really
1: your favorite theme, Serena? uh, Of
0: course, because we know
1: my favorite theme is trauma. Yes, is your favorite theme control specifically through fear?
0: Specifically. Through fear. That's yes.
1: Interesting. What can we yes. learn about you from that?
0: Um, well, you've already deduced. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Well, no, I mean, you've deduced that I am a um, non empathetic and non compassionate person, as I said earlier in the episode. Therefore, um, of course, I like to use control through fear as fear. Um, is also a source of it's. It's a thing that I like. So to what do. I'm
1: hearing is that you're basically just a Zula.
0: Oh my god! I mean, like you can say that to my face. Like I, I wasn't like fishing for that or anything. I mean, but, like, like you're <laughs> just as
1: pretty as her. Oh so. my god! Like me and okay. Okay, let's get back to. The <laughs> okay, yeah, now I'm right sorry. Here.
0: Control through fear. As we talked about in our previous episode, there's a power dynamic between guards and prisoners that's often used to abuse them. This becomes more evident with the more consistent role of the warden in this episode. The
1: episode kicks off the way the warden greets the prisoners as soon as they're off the gondola, especially his interactions with Hakoda.
2: Look me in the eye when I'm talking to you. No. Oh, you'd rather look at my shoes? Then take a look! Ah. I know exactly who you are, Hakoda of the Water Tribe. So strong-willed. But don't worry, we'll get rid of that in time. Now look me in the eye! See?
1: Isn't that better? The interaction is brief, but gives us many examples of how the warden uses control, and specifically through fear.
0: The warden is violent with Hakoda, installing fear in both him and the other prisoners. Because Hakoda is handcuffed, he has limited resources and can't really defend himself.
1: The warden called Hakoda by name, installing fear in him that he not only knows deep personal details about him, but possibly knows his family and can hurt them as well.
0: The warden says, We'll get rid of that in time insinuating there will be more violence to come should Hakoda not, quote-unquote, behave.
1: And finally, the warden ends the interaction by demanding, quote-unquote, respect from Hakoda, installing himself as the superior and Hakoda as the inferior prisoner, meaning anything that the warden demands of Hakoda should be done or else face threat of punishment.
0: The warden goes on to use further intimidation and fear to get information out of people, similar to how we talked about in the prison abuse thing.
1: Are you
2: comfortable, Sang? If you're trying to get me to talk, forget it. I'm not a squealer. Chit sang, I only ask you if you are comfortable. Well, yeah, actually, I am pretty comfortable. <laughs> are you still comfortable? No.
0: The warden uses this situation to intimidate Chit Sang with a bait-and-switch technique. Allowing Chit Sang to think he is safe and comfortable, only to throw that away from him as well, and threaten him with worse should he not tell the warden who came up with the escape plan. Not nice.
1: No, I would dare to say the warden is not a nice person.
0: <sighs> I don't like saying it, but I'm good. Thank
1: gonna... God I did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for telling me. You don't that have to. That's very nice of you. Azula is pretty sick, and we're gonna talk about her next.
1: Are we sure you're not just talking about you, Serena?
0: Oh, my God. I think
1: we established that you are Azula.
0: I mean, Mm -hmm. do I have the brows for it? Yes. (laughs) Um, Am I currently growing them out? Um, Yes. No, I'm only kidding. Uh,
1: (laughs) Okay, so the theme surrounding control through fear tells us at the end of the episode that ultimately it does not work.
0: People who have a desire for what's right or the people who are close to them will ultimately not be controlled by fear and will overcome difficult circumstances they are in, such as Sokka, Staying to find his father and Hakoda and Suki escaping with him. And
1: this is exactly what happens to Azula at the end of the episode with the theme running parallel to her overall arc in the series.
0: We've seen many instances in which Azula uses fear to control those around her, especially her quote-unquote friends. Right, like in
1: Return to Amashu, instead of taking Tylee's decline to join her, she instead intimidates her and puts her in dangerous situations to convince her to join, which we talked about in that episode.
0: Azula also forms her reputation around being a people person. Knowing how to read people so precisely, she's able to garner information that may otherwise be undetectable.
1: And this happens when she is skeptical of a daily agent with a scar in the Crossroads of Destiny, who later ends up giving information to Iroh and the gang about the coup.
0: This happens again when she knows information about the connection between Suki and Sokka, and relies on that information on the chance that she'll be able to tap into Sokka's emotional vulnerability, which is exactly what happens. And thus, her theory on the connection between the two being correct. We explain that in more detail in that episode as well, so feel free to give that a listen.
1: Her reputation as a quote-unquote people person is taken from the line in this episode as well, where she either knows information or is able to garner further information. Who is this? He's a
2: guard who was involved in a recent and feeble escape attempt. It wasn't me! Quiet you! You're wasting your time. That's not one of them. How do you know? Because
1: I'm a people person. We could imply two different things um, Azula is able to figure out, each relying on her people person reputation. The first, like, it could mean that she knows Zuko is at the prison, and he's probably with someone in the gang knowing that he left to join the Avatar. And because the person from the gang hasn't been caught yet, they are probably the ones who are currently still impersonating a prison guard.
0: Or she could deduce that the guard is not a threat simply from the brief interaction with him, as she did with the agent in season two.
1: Despite the fact that she's able to read people so accurately, she boldly assumes that May and Tylee will never break out of um, their control from her, despite her manipulation tactics of making them fear her.
0: Much like Zhao in season one, it was her own hubris that she could not possibly do anything wrong that led to a fatal flaw in her plan.
1: The fact that she was wrong about someone she thought she knew so well caused her to snap in this episode, resulting in not being as in control of herself as she usually is. Mm -hmm.
0: We can also draw the comparison where in the Avatar state, she threatened to throw the guard overboard as if it meant nothing to her. But here we see her as visibly angry because of her wrong assumptions.
1: Tylee is also able to take advantage of this by sneaking up on her when she was distracted by her own anger, and also "quote unquote" beating her.
0: This moment was foreshadowed in the Guru. Azula says to the Earth King, "It's terrible when you can't trust the people closest to you." While she says this line, Tylee and May behind Azula glance at each other, signaling that they are aware that Zula should not trust them as willingly as she currently is.
1: The warden being defeated by having prisoners escape after he's used his many tactics of fear and control over the prisoners could also be an indicator of what's in Azula's future. Here we are at our verdicts. And Serena, tell me your verdict of character and favorites. One. Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes, I accept. And here is my answer. It follows thusly. I had a hard time picking a favorite character in this episode because I feel like everyone was just bombing this episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone was top of their game, top of their game. Um, my honorary favorite character was May.
1: Okay. Oh God. We stand.
0: Badass. She's mm-hmm. such a badass. My second honorary character was Tylee, of course, because oh now God. they're now they're like together. They're like a package deal. Um, but my favorite favorite character was Suki because yeah. um <laughs> I'm sorry, but girl is a girl boss. She don't need no man. She can do whatever she wants, and mm-hmm. she is just a trailblazer.
1: Yeah, no, that prison escape was <gasps> a- iconic. Like it's, one of the it, best parts of the episode. Oh
0: my gosh! And just the the way that she can move, mm-hmm. the way that the animators like I I I, I don't know they. They just do it so incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, her moves and, you know, like, she's not scared of the firebenders. She just does her thing and she goes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible. Like, I wish I had that much gumption.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, no. We, we love her. She's great.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, Suki, my girl, you're my number one today. I give it to you forever and always. I could kiss you on the face. Only if you're vaccinated, though, Suki. May, Tightly. You have my love forever, of course. I will also kiss you on the face once you're vaccinated.
1: <laughs> um, similar to you, I had a hard time picking my favorite character this episode just because I thought, like, everyone had their strengths in this episode. Yes, and it yes. was kind of hard to just be like, okay, well, what's one character that I was more drawn to? Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up picking Sokka just because yeah. I feel like he was the anchor of this episode. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. he was the one that kind of, like, Held everything down and kept it all together. Um, and this whole boiling rock is really about Sokka's journey. Yes. And I thought that that really came through and he was able to shine most in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I agree yeah, with that too. I I love all the other characters in this episode mm-hmm. as well. They're all really cool. Mm-hmm. I can't emphasize how cool Suki's like escape uh, like moment is, where she captures the warden. Uh, I I could rewatch that endlessly. It's it's amazing. Uh,
0: what do we talk about? Avatar women who could kill me? Yeah, like, uh, like
1: when I say I'm bisexual, I mean I'm attracted to men and every single woman in Avatar: The Last Airbender who could kill me.
0: Yes. That's a prime time take. So
1: thank you, thank you. Thank um, you. What did you rate this episode? Honestly, I one gave to this. I'm sorry, interrupted. No, you're fine.
0: I didn't. I didn't mean to. No, um, no, you're okay, girly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could do what I want. I'm a girl boss. Um, <laughs>
1: Capture that warden, bitch.
0: <laughs> you get that warden. Life's your warden. Go get it. <laughs> Capture it. Um, but I gave this episode a nine. Okay. Um, the only reason it's not a ten. Is because I'm sorry. I don't know why this just, but the ending, when they come back, it's touching and it's everything I want it to be, except then like Aang and Toph are just like, oh, hey, you're back. Some fishing trap. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, you did not know what happened. Everything that um, – the emotions that I went through personally, yeah. you just disregarded those. Excuse me. I was offended. Yeah. I was, like, oh, offended enough that I took off a whole entire point. Oh, my God. I was like, excuse me. That was the journey of a lifetime.
1: Yeah. I just want to say – when Saka says the meat of friendship and oh, fatherhood. Yeah, that
0: also ruined it. That's like <laughs>
1: kind of sexual innuendo. Yes. I'm like, dude, are you f***ing your dad? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> it sounds like he's referring to Hakoda's
0: dick. Like, yeah. I brought
1: back the meat of fatherhood. I'm like, Saka, we get your bye, but like, come <laughs> on. This is a little bit much. Oh. <laughs>
0: My God! I did, and I just think yeah, you, yeah, could, you could do better. Yeah, it's. Oh man, it's like I'm glad that yeah. they're all reunited and they all came back and was successful and blah blah blah. And they trust Zuko and Zuko's great and all the stuff. But the whole meat of friendship and then like, oh, some fishing trip. Oh, so he didn't catch any meat. God, what?
1: And then Chit no. Sang being like, I'm new. I'm new here. What's up, everybody? I'm like, they are children. <laughs> like, you literally forgot your girlfriend.
0: God. <laughs> it's like, I'm new.
1: What's up, everybody? Don't be treating these people as if they're your peers.
0: These no. are your, ki- These are kids. Dude was in prison.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, they all were
0: in prison.
1: <laughs> also, it's like. <laughs> uh, they they get back and they're like wow some fishing trip and it's like they're coming back in an industrial war balloon yeah. like can you not piece two and two together that clearly they didn't go on a fishing trip
0: clearly i mean i would have absolutely no problem with the ending if like Bits and pieces of that whimsical nonsense Mm -hmm. were scattered in the episode. But the episode was just so full of action and um, so many plot lines and um, like character arcs that it just didn't make sense. And so I wanted the ending to kind of be like a reflection of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm new here. What's Uh up, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Just saying you did nothing. You started the riot. <laughs> Good for you, sang.
1: So I also gave this episode a nine.
0: Oh, uh, yeah!
1: Um, I, like, the episode is, obvi- like, obviously isn't saying as much as the last episode was. And this is pretty much just, like, an escape episode. But, like, it's really cool. And, like, there's a lot of, like, fun things, like, with the warden. And, like, with Zuko and May's relationship. And, like how Azula treats people and, like, God, the fighting sequences are so oh. cool. But it just it just doesn't really push it over into, like, mm-hmm. the wow factor for me. You know, we talk a lot about how a ten is either, like, wow blew me out of the park or it's, like, there's something about this episode that makes it special. And right. I just didn't think there was any of that in here. I do want to say there is one moment during the fight when, like, Zuko is attacking Azula, and she, like, blocks it, and then Sokka, like, comes up from behind, and he, like, points his sword at her. Yeah. But then he just and retreats he, right away. Like, dude. And it's like, bruh, like, push her over the edge. She's
0: right there. You could win this thing, yeah, man. Yeah,
1: it was, it was. It was weird. Yeah,
0: I suppose he was like, this is Zuko's fight. I can't, you know. But they're fighting together. Yeah. They're
1: boyfriends.
0: (laughs) They're partners, though. They do do the hard things together.
1: Taking the next step. They have moved on from boyfriends to partners.
0: I think they would make great partners.
1: I think so, too.
0: Yeah. That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to our producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, along with their production company, Sonovan Productions. And thank you to Annie Galloway, who made our cover art and is our graphic designer.
1: Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it.
0: Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at airbenderpod. That's A I R bender p-o-d
1: i'm tyler stranberg the host creator and head writer of this show you can follow me on twitter or instagram both at tyler john seven that's t-y-l-e-r-j-o-n and the number seven
0: and i'm serena Schreifels, the co-host of this show you can follow me on instagram at serena underscore Schreifels. that's s-e-r-e-n-a underscore s-c-h-r-e-i-f-e-l-s
1: thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week
0: yippity doo da yippity day
1: God, you saying that in the beginning. It's, it's an like Avatar day. throwback. Oh my God. Tank. Throwback.